Hey, welcome to Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I'm joined by Ryan Donnelly. Uh, Ryan, we've got a bonus show here. It's our first, I think our first actual bonus show. We've got a, uh, a, a topic we've been talking about for a little a little while now. This is sort of your baby, so I'm not going to take too much time in, in introducing it, but we've got sort of a a playoff committee, first playoff committee vote special here. Um, we're going to do a little bit of our own mock playoff here, and I'm, I'm not going to, as I said, I'm not going to take too much of the time. So, Ryan, what are we, what are we doing here today, and who are we joined by to, to do it? Yeah, Patrick, uh, we have got our mock playoff, like you were saying. Uh, basically, the podcast today is going to be pretty straightforward. Uh, we have drawn up the roles that the actual committee uses to do their playoff rankings, uh, their deliberative process, whatever they do. Uh, we are going to follow that process uh, with a few special guests here with us and basically act as a mock committee to come up with our top, uh, I believe it's the top 30 teams ranked uh, is the press that plays out in. Um, so we have all already submitted some preliminary ballots. The way the committee does uh, begins by everyone kind of showing up to the dance with uh, 30 teams in no particular order. That results in a group of teams that we will then rank. Um, so that is what we are working on here. And we are joined by a few guests. Uh, we have an alphabetical order here. We've got uh, Alan Saunders. Uh, from Pittsburgh Sports Now. You guys may have just heard in our podcast uh, talking about pit football with us. Uh, we have Bill Filippo from uprocks.com who covers Penn State uh, for another friend of the show, of course. Then we've got uh, Bill Landis of The Athletic uh, who covers Ohio State football. And you guys heard on our Big East uh, special episode about, I don't know, like nine months ago or whatever. Uh, guys, thanks for joining us. Um, I don't know. Uh, Alan, do you guys have to introduce yourself? Anything you want to say? I don't think so, other than this is extremely exciting, and and I think the entire process should be like this, live, so that we can hear everybody and make fun of, and maybe do the, like, sort of, like, black out their face and voice, but I want to hear, I want I want the, the behind-the-scenes stuff about what's actually said. Like, I want to know that there's some athletic director out there that's like, no, Michigan's terrible, or whatever. I don't know. I, this is great. This is how it should be. I think they should do it. I would our- easily pay I think they should oh, do it on our podcast feed as well. They should do the they should do the entire discussion on flipping the field. <laughs> I would easily pay like forty bucks a month to listen to I don't know like Whit Babcock try to explain what strength of record means. <laughs> uh, Bill Landis, DJ Filippo, do you guys want to kind of establish some sort of Bill ranking uh, one <laughs> versus two as we start off the podcast? Uh, you know no, what? I'm no, I'm actually I'm pretty good. good being number two. Yeah, I'm pretty good to be number two if, 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 if Bill D wants to be number one. <laughs> I'm, I am also uh, fine being the, uh, the, the other Bill here. So I'll let one of you decide which one of us are going to talk about anything first. Right. Here, let's, let's do it this way. Which one of us has been a longer subscriber to hogbeat.com? <laughs> ah, <yeah. laughs> that's a deep cut for the flipping the field heads. That's, my favorite, is a real that's one. my favorite flipping the field joke. That's right. I might be the only one who's keeping it alive, but I love it. That's actually, it, it is actually the only flipping the field joke as well. So you, you've really, you're one of one on that. That and Boys Town Package Journal, of course. The only <laughs> that's, good one that's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, yeah, guys, I think we should just pretty much dive right into it. Um, so the way they just for the listener's benefit here, uh, the way the committee does this is out of their 30 teams that are ranked in no particular order, a poll of the top six teams, uh, which is determined by kind of a combination of proprietary software, computer composite rankings, and editorial control, um, is debated among the committee. Um, from there, the committee will then each submit individually uh, their top three teams from that group in a secret ballot. Um, the overall Winners become teams number one through three in initial rankings. 
and then the three teams from that top six that were not selected go back into the pool and are dated again with the next group. Um, with that in mind, our first initial group of six teams that we have on the board here in alphabetical order, not by any kind of uh, you know evaluative process here, are Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Uh, I kind of lead this off by talking about Cincinnati. Uh, Patrick, just take the fucking floor here, man. Do your thing. It's your team. Uh, <laughs> tell us what you want to say. I, I think that the, the I mean, the story of Cincinnati is fairly well known at this point because uh, this team, despite being eight and zero and, and taking care of its business for the most part, short of you know a half against Tulane and a half against Navy, uh, seems to make everyone on the internet extremely mad all of the time, no matter what they do. Uh, largely because they're in a smaller conference and people absolutely hate that. This this team's really good. They have a great defense. Their offense is not as good, primarily because Mike Denbrock is running it, but it is still capable because of the players that are on it. The defense is among the best in the nation. They have one of the better wins of the teams in this group, I think, with Notre Dame. Even if you don't necessarily believe in Notre Dame as a power, which I certainly don't, they are still largely considered a top 10 team in most metrics. Uh, I, I don't know if there's a group or if there's a team in this group that has a, a win on that level. I think that Ole Miss for Alabama is pretty good. I think that, you know, Auburn, Kentucky, Florida amalgamation for Georgia is okay. Michigan State obviously just beat Michigan. But I think Cincinnati has one of the best wins here, even though it's in the smaller conference. And I, I think that the, like I said, the case for this team is, is pretty open they they beat Notre Dame they've taken care of business in their other seven games they're one of only a few unbeaten teams left and the defense is excellent in a way that we have seen translate already against higher quality opponents yeah I think Cincinnati's fascinating too because that Notre Dame win is uh, and whether you want to rank it one or two in the country I do think it is one of the two best wins in America to date so far um when I mean beating a <clears throat> something like a top 15 top 10 team on the road by two scores uh, is about as impressive as anything anyone's done in college football yet this year. I think Oregon coming to Ohio State and winning by a touchdown is probably the single best win in college football so far. Um, but Cincinnati is, if not right there, no, easily number two. I, I can't imagine another win better than that at this point in time. Does anyone disagree with that? Would anyone have a win? Uh, Oregon's win on the road or Cincinnati's uh, win on the road in game uh, is anything other than one or two. No, I think it's pretty clear cut, and I think there's probably a pretty you know dramatic drop off once you get past those two. I, I was talking about that on uh, my OSU podcast with Ari Wasserman earlier today, um, and we couldn't think. Plug, like, yeah, that's right. That's right. It's uh, it's on hogbeat.com. Uh, we uh, <laughs> we could not come up with one off the top of our head to like join those two wins. I think there's a pretty clear cut. Yeah, um, I mean Cincinnati has, has I think like Patrick kind of alluded to there had a couple tough spots. Uh, in the last two weeks, which I, I think it's not like other teams in this group have not had that kind of situation uh, in the past so far, right? Ohio State farted around with Tulsa for a while. Oklahoma has struggled against everyone it's played at different points of the season. Like there are a lot of teams that have had bad, except Georgia, have had bad halves of football this year. Um, I, I just think Cincinnati uh, kind of gets a double standard applied to it. But um, Bill uh, DiFilippo, Mel Landis, uh, I guess who would you consider – I mean, Cincinnati's 8-0 record, right? They're one of just a handful of undefeated teams remaining in the country alongside Georgia, alongside Michigan State, Oklahoma, Wake Forest, and 
maybe that's it at this point. Uh, I think if I'm correct, I guess, how would you compare Cincinnati's resume so far to the other undefeated power teams being Georgia, Michigan state and Oklahoma? Well, I, I, the thing that I think I'll say about Cincinnati is that yes, I do think they're going to get hit for like you mentioned that double standard. They're going to get hit for not going out there and getting style points. Uh, but they have a lot of style points this season. I don't know if that is like necessarily going to be enough to overcome like Oklahoma and Michigan State. If my obviously not Michigan State if they were on the table and Georgia, but like they're they should be right in there with everybody else. Like, yeah, they farted around with Tulane. They also won that game 31 to 12. Like the game mm-hmm. that was ugly was against the service Academy and like what he, who was without a, an ugly win over a service <laughs> Academy cats, the first stone, like the entire thing with this Cincinnati team is I think they're a really interesting test study. And in like, are we just going to pretend that winning football games doesn't matter? Like if that's, if you, you know, to quote Herm Edwards, you play to win the game. If you're not going to like put more value on that or put some amount of value on that and you're instead just going to say, well, this, well, this, well, this, well, this, well, then like why are we even having a playoff and trying to determine a national champion? You know what I mean? So like I think at the end of the day, Cincinnati is going to have that mix of style points. They're going to have that win over Notre Dame that I think they're going like it's probably going to look better and better as the year goes on because Notre Dame has a couple of tough games, but games they should still win. Like that should still be an 11 and one Notre Dame team that lost at home to Cincinnati in which they scored 13 points. And then like they're, they very well might end up having a zero in the loss column. So I think when you put that together, yeah, like I don't think anyone's going to touch Georgia. Um, I think Oklahoma is always going to have style points, especially now that they have cable Williams in there and it seems like they're cooking a little bit. And then Michigan state, like just keeps going out there and grinding and picking up wins. But if you want to say Cincinnati is the fourth best of those four resumes, fine, go ahead and say that. That still puts them in the playoff. So, Alan, I, w- I want to jump in and ask you a question here. Well, first of all, I, got, I just want to ask a group of questions first. Are we all kind of just going to understand that Georgia is one and we don't need to debate that? No one's going to vote that anywhere else except one? I, I would say so. Yep. Yeah, that's, that's Okay, cool. So let's not even talk about it. <laughs> let's skip that, <laughs> which maybe someone will not like, but whatever. If you're a Georgia fan... We, we don't have uh, any of those. Kind of we have yeah, none go, of go those here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Alan, I guess what I'm curious about here, uh, Cincinnati has two mutual opponents with two other teams that are in this group of top six. Um, they beat Indiana on the road 30-24, to 24, uh, while Michigan State beat them uh, on the road by five points, 20-15, to 15, uh, net of nine points there in the difference. Uh, and then Cincinnati also beat Tulane this past week. 31 to 12, whereas Oklahoma beat them at home in week one, 40 to 35. How much do you weigh those common opponents when you're comparing Cincinnati to other undefeated teams like Michigan State and Oklahoma? I think you only make those comparisons because it's Cincinnati and you're trying to figure out what these big wins over a group of five teams actually mean. You know, if it's a team that's in a Power Five conference, then it doesn't matter that, oh, well, you know, somebody so-and-so and so-and-so both played BYU. It doesn't matter. We we understand how to evaluate their conference record without needing those comparisons. I think with Cincinnati, it starts to become meaningful because 
I, I don't know. I, I, I think it's still up in the air as to what, you know, and I, I think the stop one argument carries weight with me anyway. You know, they've not just beaten a lot of teams. They really, they really dunked on teams. They beat, you know, Miami, Ohio by 35. They beat Temple by 39. They beat UCF by 30. I mean, those are big wins. Uh, they're not just wins in the, in the win column. Um, and so I think that's, that's a, that's a tool that we can use to try to, to try to see where they should stack up. Um, and the, the other thing I think that's, to me, the, the question mark about Cincinnati and the schedule that they play is not so much that, though. It's like we put – in college football, we put a lot of stock in being undefeated. It is a thing that matters mm-hmm. a lot to people, and it, you get a lot of credit for being undefeated. Um, and I think – I'm pretty sure if Cincinnati was playing in a Power 5 conference and the last two games were against – just pick any two mediocre Power Five teams. Doesn't matter which conference, Indiana and Purdue, or you know, Virginia and Georgia Tech, or Arizona State and Oregon State. One of them's a loss. I'm almost sure of it. They did not play well in either of those last two games, and so they have a lot going for them. But I'm not sure that that we should treat the zero next to Cincinnati the same way we should treat the zero next to a team like. Michigan State, who honestly hasn't played a great uh, schedule for a Power 5 team so far, or Wake Forest even, uh, because I do think it is different. Yeah, and I think it's totally fair to say that that is, I mean, average game uh, has been tremendously easy, right? I, I don't think there's any dispute to that. Teams like Temple, teams like UCF, like Tulane, Mercer, Miami of Ohio, are not opponents at anyone in this top group. I think would lose to or, or should be even competitive with, although Oklahoma certainly tried. Um, I, I do think that what we can consider, though, is like you said, there are there's a difference between a bad Power Five schedule and a bad G Five schedule. Um, for the schedule ranks currently at Cincinnati at 94, uh, whereas I think Michigan State we have a 42nd here, Ohio State 38th, Oklahoma 58th. Like at, at a certain point, when it gets to a level like to me, like below the 30s, it's kind of like. What's the difference? You know what I mean? Like at that point, and by the way, I should point out here, um, these strength of schedule metrics we're using are to date. Um, they are not the overall season strength of schedule. They are who teams have played so far this year, which to me is more valuable than overall strength of schedule. Yeah. Otherwise, you're kind of just guessing. But regardless, um, strength of schedule to date, uh, I think once you kind of get below like the low 20s, mid 30s, it kind of becomes moot to what point like you're actually playing. I don't know. Um uh, Patrick, I want to have you jump in here. Yeah, we haven't talked about Alabama or Ohio State at all yet. And I want to have you talk about Alabama and land enough you about Ohio State. Um, pa- uh, Patrick, do you think Alabama has any argument to be in the top three right now? Um, firstly, I'm glad that you you're not going to ask me about Ohio State because I I don't want to talk about Ohio State. I'm I'm going to leave that up to the <laughs> to the experts. Um, but on on Alabama, no, I don't I don't think it does. What is the good win here? Is it is it Ole Miss, an, an Ole Miss team that has just lost a second game and then kind of didn't look especially good in doing it? Um, you know, is it blowing out Tennessee but only doing so in the fourth quarter? Is it taking care of business against a Mississippi State team that's maybe better than we thought? Um, is it beating Florida? Pretty good, actually, which we'll talk about in a couple yeah, weeks. Yeah, sure. is, it, is it beating Florida, which is seemingly giving up on the season? And, and obviously it wasn't at that point, which I think is a point you could make for, not to, to tie us back into the Cincinnati conversation, but a point you could make for Cincinnati as well with the Indiana win being that Indiana has since given up, but probably didn't then. I don't think that this was... that. Mm-hmm. I don't think that Florida win 
was as bad now for Alabama as it or then for Alabama as it would be now if you play Florida to a to a two point win. Like that's not that's not great in week nine and week three. I think it's still pretty impressive. But I just don't see I don't see the quality here. I think that we all know what Alabama should and 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 probably will be with the talent that's on the roster. But I think that we also have to look at the you know the product that's on the field and the product that I see on the field is a a defense that's still not especially good under Pete Golding and an offense that has been excellent at times, but kind of weirdly glitchy in other times, specifically like in that lost Texas A&M. And I, I think that if we can only go off of what we've seen so far, Alabama's probably closer to five or six than it is to, to you know, three or four. Sure. Uh, Landa, same question for you. Can you make an argument for Ohio State to be the top three of this current group A? No, I'm, I'm, well, yeah, I mean, I guess you could. I don't, I don't think that I would. Um, I, I think if you did, you'd, you'd sort of be basing that more off projection than what's actually happened to this point. And, and I think you can say that that Ohio State appears to be a little bit on an upward trajectory. Although I think maybe that was lessened a little bit after the Penn State game this past mm-hmm. weekend. But I don't, I, I don't really know how you can can say that Ohio State belongs in the top three just yet when there's a team sitting there that's also in this conversation near the top of the rankings that beat them. So like, I, I think, I just think that that really limits how high you can reasonably be considered to put Ohio state, unless you're just looking at recruiting rankings and, ba- and banking it on Ohio state's track record of usually being pretty good. I think results to date would come up a little short of that compared to some of these other teams. Yeah. I tend to agree with all of that on both counts, both on Alabama and Ohio state. Um, I, I think both teams are obviously, Trying to see talented and have a ton of if they win out, I think there's little doubt that they will be at worst top five teams. If not, I mean Alabama will be in if they went out. Ohio State almost certainly would be in if they went out, although there's scenarios where they're not, I think. Uh, but to date, I don't have an argument for doing those top threes. Uh for for us. I mean, some of them may feel differently if they do, please feel free to speak. But um if not, I, I think I kind of just want to move forward to guys asking you guys for final thoughts in this group because we have a lot of teams up to rank. <laughs> uh, guys, uh, I, let me start with you, Bill. Do you have any, uh, Bill Filippo, do you have any final thoughts? No, I mean, I think the thing that's so interesting here is how much, like, I can already tell that on Tuesday night, we are going to hear Kirk Herbstreet and Joey Galloway and David Pollock and everyone else say the phrase, like, this will decide itself. Like, we're going to see these first rankings come out and, like, me and Patrick will be really mad that Cincinnati is six because we just have weird brains like that. But everything else is just going to be like, all right, Alabama and Georgia very well might are probably going to end up playing each other. Ohio State and Michigan State definitely play each other. Like, there's just so much that still needs to happen that, like, I'm legitimately excited to see how – how Tuesday sets up for the sets up the rest of the college football season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alan, same question for you. Any thoughts from you? Yeah, I think the the two sort of one loss heavy teams to me, Ohio State and Alabama, are interesting because, like, I think if Ohio State played any of these other unbeaten teams like on a neutral field tomorrow, they would be favored. And I know that's not like part of the committee's role because that's projecting instead of evaluating what has already happened. But, and and I think I could say the same thing about Alabama. Like I I think those two teams 
are I think they would be favored against most of the rest of those teams, and I think they are more talented. That doesn't mean they're going to win, and it doesn't mean their resumes necessarily f- reflect that. But I think it's something, especially as um, ingrained as betting has become into the sport, that I think it's a little bit hard for me to completely ignore. But like I'm supposed to say that that Alabama is worse than. Michigan State because its resume isn't as good, but I I think Alabama would beat them by a touchdown. Like I, I don't know I don't know how to, to rectify those two thoughts. Yeah, I mean that's an always interesting question too. I think throughout the season, I think that's something that's almost impossible to not have in your head, especially when the directive is best. But um, so much interpretation on that, and I, I kind of struggle with the idea that one uh, I do feel the same way about these teams that like if it comes down to it, Ohio State to me probably does beat Cincinnati or Oklahoma. Um, and I think maybe even Alabama on neutral field. Uh, but at the same time, do they actually deserve to be on the neutral field is a whole different question together. And that's kind of our job to figure it out. Uh, so, uh, Landis, any final thoughts from you? I'm wondering about Michigan State a little bit because, like, you know, you asked the question at the beginning is our Oregon's win against Ohio State and Cincinnati's win against Notre Dame, the definitive two best wins in the country. And, and I still think that answer is yes, but I wonder what kind of consideration you'd give to Michigan State mm-hmm. beating Michigan, even though it wasn't home. A lot of the underlying numbers, I think, are not particularly favorable for Michigan State, uh, but they haven't lost and they beat what will probably end up being a top 10 Michigan team in a game that everyone was watching. And I think everyone kind of came away impressed with both teams. So I, I think there might be some folks who might consider that win at Michigan Maybe not the best win, because when you beat Ohio State in Columbus, I think that's the best win. But I think people can convince themselves that that was the second best win. Uh, Patrick, I want to have you go last after me, because I'm kind of taking a different tack than these other guys. And yep. uh, if you feel like I'm doing it incorrectly, I want to give you a chance to counter me. Uh, so I have not the final word here before we go into the voting. Um, to me, I am here to sway you guys to make your top three in order, uh, Georgia, Cincinnati, and Michigan State. Um, I think that Georgia speaks for itself, and I have little to say about them, I think. We all understand how their dominance has been and what that defense looks like is unbelievable. There's no question about that to me. But Cincinnati has the, in my opinion, uh, the best or second best win in the country. Um, The other team that has the best win or second best win is not currently under consideration. We cannot talk about them. Um, But they have a fantastic win. Uh, They have common opponents against Michigan Michigan State, against Oklahoma. Uh, They have played and against Ohio State as well. Um, They have played those teams better by and large. Uh, They dominated. Uh, to Lane for most of the game, uh, whereas Oklahoma very narrowly lost them at home. Uh, they beat Indiana on the road much more soundly than Michigan State did. Um, they have a better resume to date, better wins, in my opinion, uh, although the Michigan State win is very good. Uh, and for Oklahoma, I, I have a very little argument for them to be in this top three. I, I don't understand how you could have it, honestly. Um, they have not beaten any teams that projected to be ranked or close to ranked. None of them are in our top 30. Uh, the computers seem to like them and certainly made somewhat of a turnaround for Caleb Williams. Uh, but I don't know, man. Uh, this is a team that looks shaky again and again and again. Uh, and I just cannot get out of my head how much they have struggled with average teams week in and week out in a way that other teams certainly have at times, but not consistently. Um, so to me, based on what's happened so far on the field, it has to be Georgia, Cincinnati, and Michigan State. Uh, Patrick, your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that that's, that's sort of the same thing that I would push. I, I think that, you know, we we talked about the case for Ohio State and Alabama, and I don't think that it's convincing enough to put either of them in, this, in the top three, especially because the two people asked to give the case didn't really have a strong one for them being in the top three. Uh, fairly so, I think. And then in in Oklahoma's case, I mean, 
what are the wins here? You know, you, you beat you beat Kansas State barely, you beat West Virginia barely, you beat Nebraska barely. Good win over a TCU team that is now coachless. The the Texas win is the best win on the board and Texas is four and four and just lost to Baylor by the same same deficit. I don't really know what the pitch for Oklahoma is, and I think that that order of Georgia, Cincinnati, and Michigan State is the one that I would I would probably agree with, especially given you know you look at the Cincinnati schedule, the Cincinnati re- resume against Michigan State. I am not in any way more impressed by beating in in this order Northwestern, FCS, Youngstown State, Miami decent Nebraska team, Western Kentucky, Rutgers, and then Indiana before getting the big win over Michigan. That's a bad schedule. That is, that's like seven bad teams. And then Michigan in, you know, in Cincinnati's case, the one really good win is Notre Dame. And then I think it's seven, not great teams outside of that seven bad teams outside of that. But I don't see a huge difference between the two. And I think that Cincinnati has been more impressive in the way that it plays than Michigan state has. And and that would be, I I would make the same case, I think as, as you would. And Georgia obviously is the top team. I don't think anybody in the nation could dispute at this point. They've they've been so dominant and so consistently good. Okay, guys. Uh, for the listeners' benefit here, uh, we're going to go under the hood. Um, just for their own clarity's sake, the process for here is that I have already entered my top three uh, to keep the ballot secrets. I'm not influenced by anybody else. I am now going to have votes received uh, via text from our four other committee members. They are going to text me their top three rankings in order. Um, we are going to have a composite and we'll talk about the actual top three. The three teams from this top six that we did not select will go back into the pool with the next three teams um, from our ranking, our initial ranking orders to be discussed and debated and voted on. Um, so we will be right back with you after that voting process. All right, back now. We have compiled our votes. Uh, we, we, we have deliberated extensively. We spent months debating on this in the uh, b- behind the scenes here and we're ready to to unveil our top three ryan i'm gonna let you do the honors here because you have the votes and i don't. yeah yeah we didn't mention this part but we actually started that discussion uh and i believe it was 8 15 a.m on sunday morning <laughs> uh it is now 503 p.m monday night uh we're ready to go uh <laughs> uh yes our rankings we have uh one georgia two cincinnati three michigan state um, we cannot review other committee members' uh, individual votes. I think that would be, I don't know, I guess we could do that. Should, who cares? But uh, <laughs> uh, it was almost unanimous in that regard. We do have one other team that was ranked, uh, but it was almost unanimous. Um, so, guys, we are now, let me actually update that in the document as well. I probably should have done that before we came back. Uh, but, you know, no one's perfect, maybe. Uh, <laughs> so one second, guys. That's what they always uh, say about the uh, about the play uh, the playoff committee is uh, you have to learn on the fly and nobody's perfect for this this thing that will cost <laughs> teams and programs millions upon millions of dollars. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Yeah, um, I, I always say that. So okay, so our number one, like I said, George, number two, Cincinnati. That was three, that was actually what Gary Barta said four. last last year when asked about why Cincinnati wasn't even really considered for the playoff. Was he said, "Well, everybody makes mistakes," and that was his entire reason. <laughs> everybody hurts. That's that's my understanding. That's right. Um, uh, All right, guys. So in addition to our initial three teams, um, the next three under consideration. So so to clarify here, we are still going to be discussing Alabama, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. And joining them in conversation, uh, which whose resumes I'll be updating here momentarily to be added to our poll, uh, are Oregon, Michigan, and Notre Dame. Not necessarily in that order, but those are the three we are discussing. 
Um, guys, initial thoughts here. Just, I guess I want to leave it to um, to Patrick. Any initial thoughts on this grouping, uh, Michigan, Notre Dame, Oregon? Any special thoughts and notes you want to add uh, to our conversation? Well, of that three, I think that the best win is, is as we alluded to in the last segment, but couldn't officially talk about it. It has to be Oregon's on the road at Ohio State. I do think it was a moderately different Ohio State team than the one that we are seeing you know, beat Penn State now or tear through the bottom end of the Big Ten. Uh, that was pre-Kerry Combs' execution, Ohio State, and pre-C.J. <laughs> Stroud sort of settling into his own at quarterback. But Oregon won the game. I, I saw it. I was there. Um, it won it pretty convincingly. I think that even the you know the final score doesn't necessarily reflect the fact that Oregon got off the field pretty much every time it needed to, and Ohio State was just not not as good in the trenches specifically. And that's sort of Mario Cristobal's whole pitch there is that he can build a program like that in the in the Pac-12. So I, I think that for Oregon's sake, that does have to play a role here. But I do also think that it lost to a bad Stanford team by seven points. And maybe it shouldn't have. Maybe it got jobbed a little bit. And I do think that that's fair. But also, it still lost the game. And you can't really lose to Stanford. I think if you want to be within the top, you know, upper echelon of the sport at this point, And, you know, who knows, maybe Oregon wins out and has a much stronger case for that conversation. But I do think that we have to weigh that quality win, that extremely high quality win against a, a really disastrous loss and a couple of shaky performances against specifically Cal, uh, UCLA, I, I'm I'm downgrading by the week that win, you know, only a three-point win over UCLA. I do think the Fresno State win is impressive because Fresno State's pretty good, but I think that the the case for Oregon is entirely centered around the uh, around that one game. The case being, you know, putting it from somewhere from four to six, and the case against is the entire rest of its resume. Uh, and so this is this <laughs> is not a team that I am especially high on for those those four, five, or six spots. Uh, if I may interject for a second, uh, how much weight in the Stanford game do you put on them not having their offensive coordinator? It's it's hard to it's hard to know because I I would like to think that you know when you employ an offensive coordinator full time and you have a staff as large as Oregon does you would have your game plan pretty much set and I think that their game plan was set and obviously it's the play calling that's an issue but it's not like Joe Moorhead is the only person on staff who knows how to call a play and I I really mm-hmm. whenever I hear things like that like I think that this was a case that was made about. Tony Elliott for Clemson last year in the playoff as well, where you know a lot of Clemson. That's struggles. your favorite guy, right? Yeah, my that's favorite, favorite guy. guy. We're tied. Well, I was going. Well, I was going to. I was going to say that's a little bit different because that made Clemson better. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and and so I think that, that, that a lot of people did mention that as a as a thing that hurt Clemson, and it's just maybe maybe I misunderstand the inner workings of a college football offense or a college football program. It's very likely that I do, but. I feel like if you're down your offensive coordinator, you should have at least someone else on the staff who knows what you do on offense and has a pretty good feel for it. I just don't know how much, I don't know, especially in college football, how much game day play calling really makes a huge difference. Like I think in the NFL, that could be a bigger deal because you have guys who have staked their entire careers on being excellent game flow, you know, managers and play callers. But I just don't know if that's as big a thing in college football, especially when you have as large a talent advantage as Oregon has over Stanford, at least in theory. A team I'm kind of curious to talk about here with you guys um, is Oklahoma. I, I know we t- kind of talked with them briefly last time, but they didn't really get much consideration. That top three, I, I think we all had our, <clears throat> for the most part, I think our top three to four are pretty clear cut. 
I don't know that I could possibly include Oklahoma in my next three. The more I'm looking at, I understand they're undefeated and the computers like them, but just evaluating their resume, like the quality wins, the idea of like top tier wins of dominant wins against anyone except Western Carolina are just like almost non-existent here. And I'm really struggling with the idea of putting Oklahoma ahead of Alabama, Ohio State, or Oregon based on what they've done to date. I really don't know that I have a reason to do that with them not having played uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State, or Iowa State yet. Does anyone else have any thoughts about that or kind of considering the same? I'm considering the same for sure. I did like, you don't, <clears throat> I team like Oklahoma that's as talented as it is. It's played this schedule to this point. You just expect them to kind of impose their will a little more and they haven't like there's been what, like three games here that, that they like reasonably looked like they could have lost fairly deep into the game. Like there. And like, I, I know that I think like game control was a thing that people talked a lot about in the first year of the playoff. And I don't know if it's come up as much since then, but I, I have think you read those articles about that though? Just <laughs> sorry to cut you off, but it, there actually have been like uh uh, someone from, I think, Forbes somehow ended up doing a mock playoff and ended up asking the committee about that. And they just said that wasn't a stat they ever used. They basically were trying to gaslight everyone that it just never happened. Uh, oh, really? The reason Ohio State made been... the playoff never happened? Right. No, no, literally. They, yeah. said it's, they, said it's, they said it's never been a stat we've had our consideration, despite like three different commissioners using the phrase game control in their, in their ESPN press conferences. They just said, yeah, we've never used that stat. It's never really been a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, well, I mean, I guess it's not a stat. It's more just like a way of thinking, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, they never. It's a vibe. <laughs> yeah. yeah, certainly a vibe. But whatever it is, Oklahoma doesn't have it. So, like, a, a good for them for not losing to this point. Like, they've kept themselves alive by doing so. But I'm with you, Ryan. Like, I just I don't think they've done anything other than I guess winning their games against teams they should be beating by 30 points uh, to warrant being in like the top six. If game control is a thing, the opposite of game control is giving Kansas hope. It takes yeah. it takes a spectacularly <laughs> yeah. poor performance to let Kansas fans think that they're going to win. Like that that's that's the farthest possible thing from game control. And that I mean they, they had a good a good game against Tech, but there's not a you know that look, we talked about Cincinnati and Michigan State and they're playing not that good teams, but there's there's three touchdown wins on those resumes. Where, where's the big wins? Every every win just seems like it's it's by the skin of their teeth, and, and I think that's that's this is a team that yeah, have congrats on beating congrats on beating like two teams that have fired their coaches. Right, those are the only two dominant wins are uh, 52-31 versus TCU, which has since fired Gary Patterson. 52-21 versus Texas Tech that already fired Matt Well. Those are literally their only two. Uh, multi-score wins besides Kansas. That's it. Western Carolina yeah. well, as well, and, but that's a that's an F. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Well, I mean, I, and I was going to raise the point that they made people pay fifty-five dollars to watch that on pay-per-view, so that game doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody saw it, so it, it isn't uh, real. If Correct. anybody wants to know how much of a, if you guys don't already, our listenership and and uh, our friends here don't already know how much of a sicko I am. Just a little anecdote here. Uh, I was in Seattle. Uh, not this past week, I've one prior visiting friends of the show, Will, Grace, and Greg. And uh, I rolled over my pull-up bed at 9 a.m. to turn on Oklahoma, Kansas, mm. and was getting like, earnestly angry at like uh, refereeing calls going against Kansas, uh, you know, screaming that was like, you know, defensive holding on the pass coverage against Oklahoma. <laughs> uh, just rooting so hard for our Lance Lee and Fulton Hive. I, I really thought Kansas had that one before the fix came in. <laughs> 
That's the issue as well. Uh, is that Oklahoma, I mean, they, Oklahoma in that game didn't just give Kansas fans hope. It gave us hope, and that's the ultimate sin is to give us hope and then dash it. It's just not cool, well, they, dude. So I guess let me – go ahead, Alan. Uh, I was just going to say, like, Kansas, Kansas literally was leading so far into that game that they said, yeah, just come to the game. We don't care. Like, you <laughs> – it took a – like, I, I, I – in a way, I don't agree with it. But I can see someone making the case, listen, after they went to Caleb Williams, things started changing. It started clicking. They started looking better. And I could maybe buy that if not for the fact that Kansas wasn't just in that game. They were real close to winning it. It it just – Oklahoma seems like – it, and I feel like this happens with Oklahoma every year. Like you have to talk yourselves – into them despite the fact that i think we all know deep down inside once oklahoma actually gets to the playoff and they actually play like it's funny this argument gets used against cincinnati and not in oklahoma or or someone else and not in oklahoma once oklahoma gets to the playoff and plays a georgia and alabama and ohio state they always show that there's a pretty i don't want to say big but noticeable gap there and like why like i I hate doing this because i hate punishing one group of kids for past group of kids but like we kind of got to consider that based on what they're, that everything says about them. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? And this is a defense that was supposed to be fixed. Like, there is no excuse for the defense to be as bad as it has been this season. Uh, they've had, like, several like, just massive breakdowns these games. And it wasn't like Alex Prince didn't have a talent this year, right? They had a lot of returning starters. They had some pretty like, guys who reviewed as high on draft picks. They haven't had a ton of injuries. Like, the coaching and just kind of lack of preparation has been the biggest difference. And I don't know, man. I mean, like, uh, Oklahoma is just, like, uh, Clemson with better turnover luck to me this year, <laughs> which is – that's unfair. That's probably not true. They're, they actually have an offense. But I don't know. They, I have just not been impressed with Oklahoma whatsoever this season. And I really don't think I could justify putting them ahead of Alabama, Ohio State, or Oregon. And I don't know that I would even be able to justify them going ahead of – like, I, I, I would actually struggle to know if Michigan or Notre might be ahead of them on the board. Um, obviously, Notre Dame has had some pretty ugly wins too, but they've also looked really impressive against Wisconsin and Purdue. Uh, Impressive-ish, I guess, is probably more fair. Yeah. And have probably more quality wins than Oklahoma does. Um, I think that's probably going to be competition for the next poll because I don't see – I don't know, man. I don't know if I see Oklahoma making this next group. Uh, the way I'm, I'm leading, I think I'm kind of getting the sense from our committee here is that it might be Alabama, Ohio State, and Oregon all ahead of Oklahoma. Uh, does anybody feel strongly the other way that Oklahoma should be included and we're kind of – um, undervaluing their the zero in the loss column, or want to make the devil's arg- devil's uh, advocate case at least? Nope, no, resounding no <laughs> against Oklahoma here. <laughs> Oof! Can I ask okay, a question guys, on well, this group real quick? Sure. Uh, just, yeah, well, I'll... thank you. Appreciate it. Um, like the Oregon's Ohio State win is like definitely the best win among this group. I, I think maybe Ohio State's win against Penn State is the second best win. Where does Oregon beating Fresno State rank there? Because Ooh, man, I think you can make high. an argument that it's like maybe the third best one. <laughs> I want to say that I think Mississippi State did not make the cut for our top 30 among our consensus list, though. Um, they were, But they were kind of like unofficially 31, at least. I mean, 31, 32, somewhere like that. Uh, Alabama beat the piss out of them on the road, and that's a pretty damn good team. Like, they have some wins now. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty impressive win. I'd put it almost right there with beating Penn State by nine points at home uh, or beating 
Fresno. I mean, that Fresno win might be the second best win as a, the more I'm looking at it. Like that's a Fresno is a good team this year. Um, now I believe Oregon had some injuries in that game. Is that right? Or Fresno had some injuries? Somebody had some injuries <laughs> as that game went on. Uh, but I mean, that's a really impressive football team. The, I, I think they're going to be a lot higher in our rankings than the, I think the average fan might expect. Well, I think in that game, like that, that Kayvon Thibodeau got hurt in that game. And if you watch, right. if you watched it, it was like they couldn't block. It. Like Fresno State did nothing with Kayvon Thibodeau in the game, and then he went out, and it's like Fresno State found this new life and like made it an interesting game. The Kayvon Thibodeau plays that entire game. Like I don't, Oregon might win that game by twenty five, thirty points. What against what is still yeah. a very good Fresno State team. And I guess you can't project that way, but I think it's worth like injuries. I think are worth considering and how they not only impact like a team's trajectory throughout the season, but also within the course of a game. Like I think that game looks very different if Thibodeau's healthy for the whole thing. Uh, Oregon's a team I really struggle with here because like, like we're talking about, they have two really good wins that Fresno state win at home, even despite the Thibodeau injury uh, and the Ohio state went on the road, but their only other quality win outside of that list is that 34 31 road game at UCLA for game day where they almost blew it. They probably have the worst loss out of this group by a significant margin. Uh, and their kind of week-to-week resume just really isn't there. They're currently 66th and straight to schedule, uh, according to the rankings we have. Um, they have just not really played many good teams. They also really haven't dominated bad teams either. They've kind of struggled week in, week out um, with the average teams they're playing. But again, we've seen them beat good teams, so we know they're capable of doing it. They're kind of just that classic place level the competition football team this season, what it feels like. Um, but I'm kind of struggling with them here because I, I – like. I think I'm going to have them in the five spot, meaning like the second in this group, uh, ahead of Ohio State and behind Alabama. I think Alabama's number of quality wins, kind of dominating wins, is kind of hard for me to ignore. Um, the A&M loss looks better by the week, so to speak. I mean, um, I don't know. That's it, kind of where I'm leaning to right now. But Oregon's just a team that could very easily see losing a second time and falling out of the group altogether and falling out of contention. But at this, I think at, for now, it's hard for me to not have them ahead of Ohio State. I think the only reason it's not hard to have them ahead of Ohio State is because they beat Ohio State. If yeah. they had beaten another team of course. Yeah. with Ohio State, <laughs> like if we weren't comparing them to Ohio State, like they're I don't know. Can you set how can how much can you separate the resumes from what we saw on the field? Like if those it has teams, to matter. It has yeah. to matter. It has There's to no matter. But, but like if, if Ohio if Oregon's good win was like instead of a, a touchdown win over Ohio State at Ohio State, let's say it was like a like a 15-point win over Michigan at Michigan instead, would you still – like? because that's still just as good of a win. Would you still want to put Oregon ahead of Ohio State? I don't know. I don't think I would if, it, if, 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 you, if, you, if you hadn't seen them beat that team on the field. Yeah. I tend to agree with you on that. That's a valid point. And I do think, like, there is a chance we get to a point where you kind of – it sounds funny to say, but you almost use a win that way because if Ohio State – wins out and does it in impressive fashion, they're going to have so many more data points to potentially pass Oregon despite the head-to-head loss. But for now, uh, and that's that's a maybe, that's a huge maybe, but for now there is no argument to me that Oregon is, I don't know, maybe I'm doing it too too binarily, but I, I just have to have Oregon ahead of Ohio State based on what the evidence we have so far because Ohio State's resume to date is not dominating, right? Yeah. They have not beaten any great teams because they haven't played any great teams Besides Oregon, they lost you by touchdown at home in a game they got their ass kicked up and down the field physically the entire night um, or afternoon because it's you know big noon. Yeah, uh, but <laughs> uh, I don't know, Patrick, Bill, you guys are Ohio State beat writers here. Any thoughts? 
I'm with you. I, I just don't think how at this point you can ignore the head to head. I think perhaps down the road, I, I think it probably will end up getting ignored. But at the moment, I don't think you can ignore it. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm on board with all of that. I think that Oregon's best win is better than Ohio State's best win, and Oregon's best win happens to be over Ohio State's. Um, and I don't think that the, the teams that Ohio State beat up on in between that Oregon game and the not terribly convincing win over a Penn State team that I personally don't have in my top 25, I don't think that they're significantly better than Oregon's wins over similarly bad teams. I, I don't I don't see a super, a super strong case at this point for Ohio State just because it has yet to play you know, Michigan and Michigan State and even, I think, a capable Purdue team and a Nebraska team that probably should be better than, you know, what it is in, in final record. Uh, and, and just, happy Scott Frost Day. Yeah, happy Scott Frost Day. I just don't think it's there right now for Ohio State in terms of resume to put them above a team that they already lost to. Does anyone want to make any arguments on behalf of Michigan and Notre Dame? We just have not talked about them at all. Absolutely not. No. Okay. Not in this. Not in this group. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I would. I would like to see what this. Like my guess is it probably stays pretty consistent. But I would like to have seen this. Uh, this conversation if Michigan didn't lose to Michigan State over the weekend. Yeah, definitely. Because that Northern Illinois win looks better for the week too. Well, Illinois is now six and two. We, we love to hear that. We we love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, say what you want. I know it's a back win at home, whatever, but. I no, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. We yeah. love to hear it. <laughs> um, yeah. Does anybody have any thoughts they want to give uh, or kind of, you know, arguments to sway anybody before we go into the next morning round? Hey there. Uh, Patrick here, post-show edit. Um, just as a, as a heads up, we do not have a, an actual transition here between the end of this round of deliberation and then the, the reintroduction of the votes. The answer to Ryan's question was silence, and there just wasn't a great way to transition it. So this is me telling you that nobody else had any final thoughts, and we're going to jump now to the voting period. All right, we have compiled another set of votes here. Uh, I actually have the results this time because Ryan has made the mistake of, of letting me see them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give them, and then we are going to jump into the yeah we're gonna jump into the next group of teams. We are also now that we are out of the sort of group that I think the the actual committee, which is us, would consider the most important. We are going to pick up the pace just a little bit to, you know, avoid debating at length about the number 23 team or anything of that sort. So uh, next three in order, number four, Alabama, number five, Oregon, and then number six, Ohio State. Uh, Ryan, what are we what are we adding in here as we look through as we look through uh, seven through nine? Yeah. So, OK, uh, we have following into consideration, obviously, Oklahoma, Michigan, Notre Dame remain under consideration as we've stated in our rules previously. They are joined by Oklahoma State, Texas A&M, and Wake Forest. We have a decidedly uh, SWC uh, field. So this is bold with here at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and A&M. Um, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I think it's interesting. We have two undefeated Power 5 teams here uh, with Oklahoma and Wake Forest. And I'm not so sure their resumes are all that different, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, I don't think there's much difference between what Wake Forest has done and what Oklahoma has done. Uh, but one is obviously treated very differently as a legacy brand by most voters and maybe the better committee, too. We're going to find out um, you know, Tuesday night. Um, does anyone have any strong feelings about Wake Forest and I guess kind of their lack of consideration of this top, you know, top six, top ten so far? I, so I, funny you should ask. I, I absolutely have strong feelings about Wake Forest. I do as well. The guy, <laughs> the guy that covers the ACC. Um, Wake Forest has 
two better wins than any of Oklahoma's. They Virginia is is a good team and um well obviously disappointing that Brennan Armstrong seems to be badly injured and and maybe won't be a good team going forward, but certainly was a good team when Wake beat them by twenty. Um they also on the road. Yeah, they also beat Louisville, who was better than I think everybody that that Oklahoma has beaten. And when they play bad teams, they've they've kicked their butts. They beat Duke by thirty eight. Um, you know, comfortable win over Army. They had a scare with Syracuse. Not, not certainly happens, but I just think I think Wake Forest has better wins than Oklahoma, and it's it's a brand issue uh, more than it is a, a resume issue. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. Patrick, go ahead. I also have strong Wake Forest thoughts. I think this team's really good. I, I would agree that they are. I would have them above Oklahoma. I'll I'll tell you, I would have them above probably Ohio State and maybe Oregon as well, um, if they had wow. been included in the in the last group. I mean, they're unbeaten. They have only been seriously challenged twice. I would say this season by Louisville, a Louisville team that we think is pretty good, and Syracuse which is a whole lot better than we thought it was even when that game happened. I mean, Syracuse is, is on the verge of being a bowl team, has a really good running back and a really good defense. Um, they took care of business against Florida State, which has been improving. They beat Virginia by 20. They've scored, if I'm looking at this correctly, at least 35 points in every game that they've played. Their offense is certainly more consistent than Oklahoma's is. The computers don't love them, but I think that based on resume and based on you know the the, the ever so subjective eye test I think Wake Forest is really good I think Wake Forest is certainly of this group probably my favorite I think that this is a really really good football team with a really impressive resume I'm kind of coming around to the same conclusion like I think the top three that I'm considering here just based on what they've done so far uh I mean really I don't think I have Oklahoma fourth out of this group like I, I think I'm considering Wake Forest Michigan Notre Dame and Oklahoma State as my top group here um, Oklahoma State has that win over Baylor that I think it's pretty impressive, a 10-point win over what's going to be a ranked team for us. Um, I, I don't see a way that – I don't know, man. Like like you said, Wake Forest is beating better teams. That 37-17 win at Virginia is a really freaking good win. That is, like, awesome. Um, you know, Notre Dame and Michigan both have a solid win over Wisconsin. Um, uh, Michigan has a win over Northern Illinois we talked about. They have a very understandable four-point road loss to a top-three team hard to punish them too much for that. Um, our Notre Dame has a 11-point home loss to Cincinnati, which is a little, little less competitive. They never really were in that game. Um, does anyone have any thoughts about Texas A&M? Obviously, I think they have the best win on this group by a mile with that uh, home win against Alabama, but also have two losses on like, any other team in this group. Anyone have strong thoughts on a and I just don't think you can consider... seem... I just don't think you can consider a two-loss power five team when you have unbeaten power five teams still on the board i agree i agree bill yeah and, and they they also i was gonna say they also seem like a team that like it, it they're they're going to they're a team that positions themselves for the remainder of the season right like if they yes. if they are in 17 and then just you know just throwing out some random number and then they beat auburn next week and then they go to Ole Miss and win that game and they end their season in Death Valley beating LSU like then yeah like they're a team that's going to get the benefit of the doubt for you know oh uh, how uh, do you how did you play better towards the end of the season but for now like what everyone said like they're just it's two losses to 
Arkansas and Mississippi State. There was that game against Colorado that, like, I'm very upset I watched any of it. Uh, it, it, it <laughs> they're just a team that I think we all know they are good to one extent or another. It's just at a certain point you got to knock them for those losses. Yeah, yeah, and they're not just losses. They're home losses, too, which matters a bit to me. Go ahead. Just go ahead. You're starting to talk there. Mm-hmm. No, no. I'm, I'm basically in the same boat. And it's hard because, like, if you look at SP+, Plus, they're they're probably the best among these teams, if I'm not mistaken, that we're talking. Oh, no, Michigan's fifth. So Michigan's up there, too. Um, but Wisconsin's also sixth. So I don't know how much stock I put in the SP+, Plus at the moment. <laughs> I think Clemson um, is fourth, which is unfortunate. Yeah, right. I think, like, EPA per play margin, Texas A&M looks okay. They're, like, a t- almost a top 15 kind of team. They have two losses, man. And, like, they messed around with Colorado. And, like, I give them all the credit in the world for beating Alabama. But I just – when we got two teams that haven't lost it there and a couple of one-loss teams that I think are comparable, that that win over Alabama only gets you so far. And, it get, I mean, it does get you quite far because we're talking about them here. But we're trying to rank the, the remaining of the top ten, and they have two losses. So, clearly it matters. But uh, I can't I can't get there when there's, when there's teams out there that haven't lost yet. I do want to. I completely agree. Go ahead, Pat. Real quick, I think that Ryan, I want to push back on on something that you said a little bit earlier about Notre Dame and Michigan, as it relates to Oklahoma. Um, looking at the wins for Notre Dame and Michigan, I don't know if they're particularly better than what Oklahoma is doing, and Oklahoma has not lost yet. I don't know if I can justify putting Michigan or Notre Dame ahead of Oklahoma, even though this is an Oklahoma team that I think we all obviously don't like. Um, but, you know, Michigan's wins, Western Michigan is, is a pretty good team. Northern Illinois is a pretty good team. Those are both MAC teams. Washington is terrible. They beat a bad Rutgers team by seven. Wisconsin is is probably their best win here, barely beat Nebraska, and then you know, took care of business against Northwestern. Notre Dame's resume sure. is not a whole lot better. Best wins on here are Purdue and Wisconsin. Um, barely beat Florida State, Toledo, Virginia Tech, and North Carolina. You know, North Carolina has become a quality win. That team is straight up a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's a good win, but that is a, it's not it's terrible. a decent enough win. Yeah, and then did yeah. his job against USC. But I, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anything that I have seen from Notre Dame or Michigan that I would I would think puts them ahead of an unbeaten Oklahoma team even if it's an an unbeaten Oklahoma team that we don't like, just because winning the games does still matter, at least somewhat, even if they probably should be losing more than they they have. I totally get that. I I think it's a fair criticism to make, and I I do think that, I mean, Oklahoma, like you said, has won all the games. That that does matter something to me, but I I guess what I struggle with is, like, how much credit do you get for beating losing football teams or, like, you know, mid-level football teams? I, I hate to do this because I feel like I'm exactly what I've made fun of for, uh, you know, years on the internet. But I almost feel like I learned more out of Michigan losing the way it did at Michigan State in a very tight game. That is almost more impressive to me than some of Oklahoma's wins. Just sorry to say, I really can't say that, that the idea that the losses are going to win. But like the way they played that football game against a very good team is almost more impressive to me than being West Virginia at home by a field goal. Like, it's, is that crazy? Apparently. No, I don't think it's crazy. Everybody's talking once. <laughs> I think ah. there's like there's a big to me. I've always felt like there's like there's a di- bigger difference between a, a three touchdown win uh, and a and a one point win than there is a difference between a one point win and a one point loss. Even though yeah, we we take the you know we take the wins and losses a lot more seriously. But like I I think that that tells you a lot more about the team and how good they are. I think this is the part of the rankings where it starts to get very, very muddy 
Like, I, I think we had a relative level of ease getting to those top six teams. I think our seventh team based on the conversation may be kind of clear, which to say, based on who it is uh, on the brand name. But uh, I think it's really muddy when you get, like, teams eight through, I don't know, the next group. Uh, it gets pretty hard. Uh, someone else started to talk about yeah, it. Moff, go ahead. Uh, well, I, I was – I was going to say, do we put weight into some any amount of weight? Like it, the answer very well might be zero. Any weight into the fact that you know you're talking about Oklahoma? What about the fact that Oklahoma State didn't mess around with their food with Kansas and they went out there and kicked the hell out of them? Meanwhile, you have Oklahoma just going out there and you know really getting a test there. Oklahoma State's only loss coming at Iowa State to an Iowa State team that computers really seem to like, and then otherwise. You know, it hasn't been pretty, but they've been able to get the job. When do you start getting, like, I guess what I'm asking, when do you start holding something like bad wins against a team? Well, yeah, I and I mean, Oklahoma not, State not to mention Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's got bad wins of its own. They beat Missouri State, right. Tulsa, and the worst Boise State team in memory by a combined two touchdowns. That's true. That's very true. They also do have a, a yeah. two-score win over a ranked Taylor. That has to matter somewhat too, though, right? I mean, they have bad wins, but like unlike Oklahoma, they have at least one pretty damn good win. Like that, and they do have a loss as well. I mean, all that matters. It's all consideration. And Oklahoma is a team that just for me, I really struggle with because again, there are, you know, to me, like three good teams in the Big 12, maybe two decent ones. And we've seen them play one team out of that group so far. I just have a very little read on, on Oklahoma. And, and the teams I'm referring to as good are Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Baylor, and the decent ones being. Iowa State and maybe Texas, uh, who just finds finds a way to lose games week in and week out, but seems to be actually have some talent uh, and some ability to score. But I don't know, man. I, I keep going back and forth these teams every single week. Uh, I just want to see Oklahoma play somebody with the pulse. We just haven't done that yet. I'm really I'm really curious here about where we're going to fall on this, and unless anybody else has any any final thoughts on any of these teams that they they really want to stake their claim for or against, I think we can I think we can probably safely send in our votes here and move on to the uh, the next group. All right, we have tabulated the votes here. We've got another set of three teams, and we're actually going to jump up now for our next section, uh, all the way to eight teams to consider. As we're going to pick the next four, and that's going to be the the order that we go in through. The next few sessions here, uh, checking in at number seven after Alan and his his rousing speech, I think convinced the group Wake Forest at number seven. Uh, number eight, Oklahoma beats out Notre Dame and Michigan. Michigan at number nine. Um, Ryan, who are we adding on here, and uh, and and who do you want to get started with? Yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, sorry, Patrick, I was kind of zoned out there for a second. I apologize. Uh, we have Wake Forest, Oklahoma, Michigan as our Next three, like you said, uh, a group of eight to consider. We still have Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, Texas A&M in that group, and they are joined by a few other SEC teams here. We've got uh, Auburn, Ole Miss, Baylor, UTSA, and Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky surpassing BYU narrowly uh, based on our kind of weird composite of the computer rankings and our own uh, preliminary lists uh, and some other editorial decision making. Uh, so Kentucky narrowly makes the group here. Um, which I guess maybe I shouldn't reveal, but whatever. No one's going to pick them. So uh, <laughs> our groups for consideration, Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, A&M, Auburn, Ole Miss, Baylor, UTSA, uh, and Kentucky. Let's get one thing out of the way here. Um, I assume it is safe to say that Ole Miss 
will not make the cut for all of us. I, I think based on the fact that they have lost already uh, to Auburn in this group, uh, <laughs> uh, it's going to make it difficult for them, along with not having any ranked wins, just two quality wins. Oh, four quality wins. Just kidding. I don't know. Anyone have any strong thoughts on the SEC team? Ole Miss, Auburn, Kentucky? And A&M. And A&M. Yeah, and A&M. And A&M. They're all kind of pale in comparison to A&M, so I, I wouldn't – I don't think I'd consider any of them until we decided what we were going to do with Texas A&M. Fair enough, yeah. And I, and I think especially the fact that Auburn's going to spend its on this team that has like kind of looked like they've fallen apart over the recent weeks. And to be fair, the Matt Corral injury has not been helpful, but they have not really looked the same. Uh, first few weeks on this team that was really impressing people with like a top 10 team. Uh, I think that team is not the way I would consider it at this point in time. I agree that AM's kind of classed as SEC group right now. Um, I do think it's, I would almost certainly have the two big 12 teams ahead of every SEC team at this point, though. Uh, Baylor has lost at Oklahoma State, which is a ranked team, has some pretty quality wins here. Uh, they've beaten the hell out of Kansas and West Virginia. They have a two score ranked win, or likely ranked win against BYU. Uh, and again, they have a home win against Iowa State, a decent win against Texas. Um, how do you guys feel about Baylor right now? I think if Baylor hadn't lost to Oklahoma State head to head, this would be very, m- a much easier conversation. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that, that feels sort of to I me. Don't like, know, any strong thought? It feels Go to ahead, me Matt. like the Ohio State Oregon debate, where like, I don't know, I I think Baylor's probably better than Oklahoma State just based on watching them, but also they lost Oklahoma State, and I don't think the resumes outside of that are terribly convincing for either team in 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 either direction. They're pretty similar. Both these both of these resumes are. Um, Baylor's win over BYU is impressive. I think it's more impressive than yeah. any of Oklahoma State's outside of Baylor, but. You know, like with the Oregon situation, Baylor beat the team that is competing against here. But I, I think that those two are very, very close together in any sort of ranking that I'm put that I'm putting together. It, it's hard for me to not have Oklahoma State followed immediately by Baylor. Yeah, I, I feel tend like to agree travel with pairs. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, question for you guys, Patrick, especially then it's kind of your wheelhouse. UTSA, are you ready to start considering them? Like the spots, you know, ten through thirteen, are they in like real consideration for you yet, or is it too early? Um, it's it's hard because like personally, I I I think I probably would, but I know that that is not a sell that I'm going to be able to make to a lot of people successfully, just because the resume here is is it's a CUSA team. The you know the computers do not like this group, and the wins for as impressive as they are for a CUSA team, they are still relative to a CUSA team. You beat Illinois by seven, which Penn State couldn't do, and, you know, Nebraska couldn't do, and there are a couple teams in the Big Ten that couldn't do that. But Lamar, Middle Tennessee State, you beat a not-very-good Memphis team, UNLV, Western Kentucky, Rice, and Louisiana Tech. It's just not a great resume. But I do think that this is is a very good team, and I I do like to reward the fact that they have won all their games, which a lot of the teams – you know, all of the teams that we're talking about here at this group have not done. And that's, you know, like we were talking about with Oklahoma, there's something to be said for that. But I do think that it's it's hard to make the case above any of the the one-loss teams in here. I do think that if you've lost twice in the case of, like, Texas A&M, um, maybe there's an argument there because Texas A&M has lost twice, including to an Arkansas team that doesn't look especially good right now and to a Mississippi mm-hmm. State team that I'm I'm still not especially high on. This Texas A&M offense is just 
frightening to me. It it really I am I'm afraid of of believing in this Texas A&M offense because I have seen what it has done in in some points. And that Mississippi State game is really hard for you too because obviously your politics align so closely with Mike Leach because <laughs> on the football field. Really yeah, of course. It's really hard it's really hard for me to pick against uh to pick against this guy in in, uh, in in you know in the in the the current landscape for sure, but um, it's it's hard for me to support any of those two lost teams over a team that is unbeaten. But I do understand that that is not a, a commonly held opinion in the college football landscape, just because of where UTSA is in the sport. Yeah, I mean, I think if UTSA was just like even in like the eighties or nineties in strength of schedule, I, I could like I could get the pitch. But one hundred twenty fifth out of one hundred thirty teams is is really hard, especially when we've seen what happened with a comparable team in Coastal when they were kind of dominating shitty teams too, uh, and probably more impressive fashion than UTSA has. Yeah. And then they had to actually play some teams at the Pulse, like App State, and it has uh, wrecked their confidence pretty quickly. I, I think like uh, that's kind of a cautionary tale for me with, with UTSA, with games coming up against uh, UAB and UTEP in the near future. I think UTEP's any good either, but uh, I think that UA, with UAB coming up, it's going to be an interesting game to watch, and yeah, we shall see, man. I mean, I like UTSA. I'm definitely going to have them ranked. I think it's probably just too soon for me. I think for me, it's kind of a question of which SEC team is going to join Notre Dame, the two Big 12 teams for me. And I think it's pretty clear that it has to be A&M based on yeah. the win they have. Yeah. I don't know. I, I Does feel anyone like, disagree with that? No, I, I feel like this top four is, is pretty solidified, unless anybody is really strongly in favor of like Auburn, which I think has good wins. I think Auburn has a couple good wins, but I, I don't know if anybody here is going to argue strongly for that. I feel very confident in which four. I I feel less confident in the order between the four, though. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's hard because, like, I don't know, man. Like, it's kind of comes back to the question, Alan, that you brought up earlier in the pod. Like, I think Notre Dame would probably beat Oklahoma State or Baylor in neutral field, although I'm less confident they beat Baylor than I, than I am Oklahoma State. Um, it, it feels silly to me to have any separation between Oklahoma State and Baylor. Like, whatever spot I have Oklahoma State in, Baylor will be right behind them. Uh, and the question is, has Notre Dame done enough with the wins in their resume to like pass either Oklahoma State or Baylor, who will both have a ranked win? And I think it's probably no. So I think I'm probably going something like Oklahoma State, Baylor, Notre Dame, a and Can Alan convince me that UNC is a good win like for Notre Dame? He, he did so well to convince me that Wake Forest uh, – should have been uh, number seven. Now I would need to be convinced that Notre Dame beating UNC should should matter to me. No, I don't. I don't think UNC is all that good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I, I think I think Notre Dame should get some credit because uh, they're the only team in here with where their loss is to a team above them. Yeah, uh, and, and I yeah. think you've got to you've got to you got to take those differently. I think than talking about a loss to. Arkansas, or even to another team in this group. I mean, Notre Dame lost to a team that we all clearly think is better than them. And while it's still a loss, I think it's a lot more understandable than the other losses that it's being compared to. Something I want to I want to add on Notre Dame as well, and I don't know if you guys have, are, are feeling this too, but I certainly am. Um, the last group for me was, I think, more favorable for Notre Dame than this one is. It's harder for me to put Notre Dame above yeah. Oklahoma State and Baylor than it was for like just for a peek behind my vote. I had Notre Dame nine ahead of Michigan. I think I compare Notre Dame more favorably to Michigan than I do to these teams, and I don't know why that is. Um, as much as it is just you know, Oklahoma State has a good win over Baylor. Baylor has a good win over over you know, I guess Texas is an okay win, but it beat Iowa State. 
it's you know the, the probably the best win on there is BYU, and it's. I don't know if that means Michigan is is overranked. I don't know if I would argue that. I think that Michigan is a good team, but I think it's just a matter of maybe play style and of the resume comparing very strangely to these Big Twelve teams because I I don't know if we know where to place these Big Twelve teams in the national landscape at large at this point. And it's kind of instructive too, right, on how much of like the rankings actually come down the committee process. Like you know what I mean, the idea of like. What if this arbitrary, like proprietary software they have, like has a team in the wrong group, like sure. a spot leader, like, like Wake Forest? You know what I mean? like, we yeah. we had this we had this talk with Wake Forest as well. Like I'd probably have Wake Forest fifth if we were picking all twenty five, but this is the way they do it, and so there's no way to do that. Yeah, right. And I mean, like, what if Oregon doesn't even end up in a group with Ohio State before Ohio State gets ranked? Makes it a lot easier for Ohio State to be in a given spot. Sure. We also know these groups change week to week too, which is kind of interesting. And like the committee doesn't come in with the same like uh, weighted rankings that the AP does. We probably just slightly adjust your ballot based on results. There's each was to come with a new group of 30 teams every single week, which is then re-ranked based on the software they use. So the actual process and how they get ranked is just so weird. And it's like little parliamentary procedure and how it results in, I think ends up with a very interesting process. Well, let's just, let's just make the playoff 32 teams. <laughs> That's right. Call I've been saying that. <laughs> um, do you guys want to get to voting? Anyone have any other comments to make or any kind of particular points of interest before we jump into this? Sounds like we're good to go. All right, let's do it. Be right back, guys. All right, we have uh, we have deliberated once again and returned with a new group now of four teams to add to our rankings. We have teams 10 through 13 now selected. Number 10, Oklahoma State. Number 11, Notre Dame. Number 12, Baylor. Number 13, Texas A&M. Funny enough, after all of us said that, that we didn't want to split Oklahoma State and Baylor, none of us did, and yet the, the way that the math worked out, Notre Dame does still uh, split in between those two. We have added four more teams to the grouping along with the ones that were on the board before. Those ones that were on the board before being Auburn, Ole Miss, UTSA, and Kentucky. Ryan, who are we, uh, who are we adding in here? Yeah, it's a G5 special, Patrick. You're kind of in your bag right now. Yeah. Uh, we've got uh, BYU, San Diego State, SMU, and Houston joining the grouping. Uh, I think that's probably somewhat a quirk of the computers, uh, just the fact that we are using some computer composite to help determine the order we're going in. Uh, obviously, the haters and losers in the math petition uh, section of most colleges do not respect the G5 teams the way we do, uh, but we are persevering nonetheless. Um, <laughs> so... Guys, uh, I, I think we all talked about this grouping of the SEC teams last time uh, with Auburn, Ole Miss, and Kentucky. Um, I'm not sure, like kind of Patrick talked about with favorable groupings last time. I, I think Auburn and Ole Miss would probably make my grouping. I'm on the fence about Kentucky. I don't know if I get these guys in there. I mean, that that loss to Mississippi State, losing by two touchdowns to them, is a pretty brutal loss for this team. It really doesn't have a ton of wins to rely on beyond kicking the shit out of LSU, which had, you know, had learned had their coach had been fired immediately prior to that game. Um, any strong feelings here about these SEC teams, guys? I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. I think I'm pro-Auburn. Agreed. I, I think I like yeah. Auburn a lot of, of these of these teams, and that's really the only one that I like a significant amount. Like, the, the Ole Miss loss to Auburn is significant to me, but I, I don't know if there's a if there's another team in this group that I would put above, like, Ole Miss and after – after Auburn, obviously UTSA leads the group for me, but I don't know. I don't know that Kentucky is especially impressive to me. And of those G five teams, you've got two who just lost 
and and one in Houston that did lose to a bad Texas Tech team. But those the other two SEC teams, you know, Ole Miss and and uh, Kentucky, just don't move me in any significant way. I haven't seen any anything from them that really impresses me. Yeah, I think it gets Auburn, really murky here. Yeah. yeah, I think I think Auburn is way separated from the other two SEC teams. Obviously, yeah. not just because they beat Ole Miss, but because you know they played Georgia and and those guys haven't and. You know, and I don't think that loss at Penn State is is that bad of a loss either. That's a tough place to play. Um, I, I think, honestly, I, I you know I, I don't see a lot of separation between like the the like the, the other SEC teams and teams like BYU and UTSA. I mean, I think they're all just kind of all just kind of there to me. I, I think Auburn to me separates itself from this group pretty clearly. BYU has some strong wins, man. I, I mean, like it beating. Does. Utah by two scores, beating Arizona State by two scores, beating a pretty goddamn good Utah State team that might win the Mountain West on the road by two scores, beating Wazoo on the road, beating Virginia by multiple scores at home, and a really impressive offensive display. Uh, they all, they do have that loss at Baylor, and they also have probably the single worst loss of this group, losing to Boise State at home. That was one of the weirdest games this season. I think they had three lost fumbles and two interceptions in that game, just constant turnovers for them, and like kind of really weird ones too, where balls were just bouncing. In strange ways, but they kind of want or want to do with some of these games. Um, I, I don't obviously you cannot disregard a loss like that, but I almost such a, a bizarre football game that given BYU's other kind of body of work, I'm almost willing to give them somewhat of a pass on that one and kind of forgive it a little bit. How, how does everyone else feel about BYU? Anyone else want to jump in here? The best team in the Pac 12. <laughs> yeah, it seems kind of, I think BYU would win the South, certainly. Yeah, uh, safe to say. I mean, it basically I mean, has. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to me, it, like I, I'm looking at Auburn, BYU, UTSA. And I just need a fourth team to join them here. I'm gonna pit, um, I'm gonna pitch you on Houston then, because um, I think that Houston has one of the better wins of this group in SMU. I know that uh, that that Houston was was sort of the last team of this this group that was added, but I think that that SMU win is is fantastic. I think that they have really kind of come into their own in the AAC. the The close win over ECU in overtime is not especially impressive, but they took care of business against a Tulane team that gave Oklahoma and Cincinnati trouble. They crushed Tulsa more than Ohio State did, and they did so on the road. Um, Navy is always going to be a tough game, but they crushed Grambling and Rice as well. The Texas Tech loss to open the season is ugly. It's very, very ugly. But I think that this defense is one of the best things in this group. I think that Houston's both resume and you know watching them play is, is more impressive than anything that I have seen from the pair of, of, you know, SEC outcasts, San Diego State, which just lost, or SMU, which Houston has the advantage over. Yeah, I'm not opposed to that argument at all. I mean, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. I, I guess I think the question that I have to weigh is, like, the fact that Ole Miss has some pretty solid, like, two really solid wins, uh, blowing out Louisville and LSU. Those aren't specialties. They're pretty good G- uh, P5 football teams. Uh, they beat both very convincingly. Um, how do you weigh that against a relatively close loss on the road at Auburn uh, and a loss at Bama, which is kind of expected? Um, I think Ole Miss is probably the most upside of this group to kind of move forward in the rankings with Gainesville to go against AM uh, and a few other teams here, but and Mississippi State, which is a quality team. Um, but I kind of do lean towards having them behind uh, behind Houston for now. I'm not sure I would consider LSU a quality win either, given that it had just had its head coach fired. 
Oh, no way to say for sure. <laughs> uh, anyone else uh, want to jump in with some thoughts on teams here? Kind of just get ready to voting, guys. I think I'm ready to vote if you guys are. I'm ready to vote. Let's do it. All right, back now. We have we have voted once again. We've got teams 14 through 17. We've got a, a distinct G5, G5 flair to this, which you guys know I love. 14, the first G5 team, Auburn. And then, of course, you have BYU 15. UTSA at number 16, Houston at 17. So it appears that I, I managed to sell my uh, my fellow committee members here on on the uh, on the Cougars. I never thought I would be going to bat for Dana Holgerson, but here we are. Um, Patrick, I just want to point out, I was already sold on Cougars. You simply sold me on the Houston Cougars. No, I sold you on the concept of of Cougars, which you were you were anti before. Uh, Ole Miss, Kentucky, San Diego State, and SMU remain from the previous group. Um, we are adding in Fresno State, which just missed the cut last time. Louisiana, Penn State, and Pitt. Um, I will. I will open up the floor here. Does anybody feel very strongly about any of the new teams that we have added here, outside of me with Fresno State? I feel like one of the biases <laughs> that could fall into this process very easily is just like not wanting to skip a team twice. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very valid. But also, I kind of want to do it. I, mean, I can see people <laughs> not wanting to do that. Would we be close to skipping Ole Miss or Kentucky a third time? Were they in the... I, they might have been in the... the, uh, the, the Ole Miss is in there really game. early. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, shit, yeah. I, I think it might be something like that. I think Ole Miss was in the, the group of... Uh, what is that? Like... 10 to 13 yeah. so this would be their Tough third luck. round of balloting Tough luck. we've already skipped them twice we, we could skip them three times if we get uh generous here <laughs> i i would i would make probably i would probably make the case against that i do think that this is about where Ole Miss probably falls the louisville game is is a pretty impressive win as the game as the season goes on crushed tulane crushed austin p um that Arkansas game was excellent at the time. It looks less good now, but it was it was a good win at the time, certainly. Um, and I, I don't know if losing to this Auburn team on the road is necessarily shameful. And, and we do also have the benefit of, like, the numbers really like this team, as, as was evidenced by the fact that they were in that turn to 13 ranking. I do think that this is probably where Ole Miss should fall. I just don't know where in this group I'd put it, because I... The the lack of a top end win is troubling here, but I'm not sure who else in this group really has one. Yeah, I, I guess maybe. Yeah, Penn State did beat Auburn. Uh, Penn State also beat Wisconsin, which is not a small win either. Uh, what a weird team. Small in the scoreboard. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, Louisiana is a team that I have the case for here. They beat the shit out of App State, and App State is a quality win. Yeah. Like, App State is going to be on the fringe of our top 25, but I think they have a real chance to make it, especially with Patrick and the voting board. That's right. Um, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I mean, I think Louisiana's team I'm considering voting for uh, right here. A lot. I mean, like, I think Fresno State has a shot right here. They, of course, beat San Diego State. I think SMU has a shot. I think Louisiana has a shot. I think Ole Miss has a shot. Um, Penn State probably has, like, the second best wins out of this group and also has a head-to-head against Auburn, but I think just has too many losses, including – Probably the worst single loss of any team in the rankings, losing at home to Illinois in nine overtimes. Uh, although Western Michigan losing at home to a currently last place MAC team, uh, Western Michigan is tough. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, anyone have any strong feelings here? Want to try to sway us any certain way? 
Can I, can I, I, I know Alan might be able to do like, what, what am I supposed to look at with Pitt's resume and, and kind of be impressed by? Like, I realize they're, they're a good record. They're six and two. They have a quarterback who was a Heisman candidate probably until he threw a couple of picks last week, but like they have a terrible, yeah, terrible question. loss. And like, I just don't look at any of those wins and think to myself like, Oh, that's a good win. I think just like maybe if you want to say that, and it's, they're not quality wins. They did dominate bad teams, Jordan Tech, Virginia Tech, just like what you're supposed to do. They beat a what's going to be at least a bowl team, Clemson, uh, home by two scores. Those are like solid wins, if not spectacular ones. I think they're almost certainly not going to make this grouping for me. Uh, the computers like them a lot. They're 12 for SP plus, six in FPI, uh, top 25 in Elo, Sagar, and Massey. Like every computer ranking suggests that Pitt is pretty solid. But how much of that is because uh, Clemson has strong preseason ratings in those? It's hard to say. Uh, <laughs> I, I wonder how much that's going to diminish as the year goes on and Clemson keeps losing more games. So I don't know. Um, I, I think Pitt is not going to make this top group for me here, but could make it in the next round of voting, maybe? I don't know. I think the only way you can make a case for Pitt is that is the wins at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech, at Virginia Tech, and not just wins like they they really beat up on Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, but I mean, in this group, those like those aren't good wins. Like Penn State has better wins. Like I, I just don't. I don't think you can make a case for Pitt here. Yeah, I mean, the good news is Pitt's going to have room to move up, right? They're going to have a chance to win a conference championship still. Uh, they're going to play a solid team in Virginia, a decent quality win in North Carolina. Like if Pitt wins out, they're going to have some room to move and. Uh, they pretty much saw everything they went in front of them here in terms of the ACC championship. So if Pitt wins some games, then I think they're going to get a chance to move up pretty significantly. But that obviously has not happened yet, and I do not know if it will happen. Um, you guys ready to vote? Yeah, I, I think I'm. I think I'm ready. I think that this is one where I have three teams that I'm fairly comfortable in here with with Ole Miss, Fresno State, and Louisiana, and that fourth team is just impossible. I have no idea. I ha- I have absolutely no idea who I who I would want <laughs> at 21st here. I don't really want any of them. How do you how do you uh, absorb Fresno's loss to Hawaii? Um, I mostly just it's don't. I, yeah, I mostly just don't think about it. That's okay. <laughs> that's my primary <laughs> approach to it. But because that's a bad loss, it's a very very bad loss. The main way that I absorb it is that Jake Hayner had uh, some sort of amalgamation of injuries in that game and and did through that entire stretch of the season um, and seems to be healthier now. I think that that has to play at least something of a role in it, but losing to Hawaii, losing to Todd Graham specifically in any instance is, is inexcusable and you shouldn't, you shouldn't do it. Um, but I do think that the wins here are better than a lot of the other teams in this group specifically beat UCLA on the road was a very impressive win at the time, less so now, but was then. And I think that that does mean something beat a good Nevada team and then just beat undefeated San Diego state, knocked them, I think out of this, this range, I would say, and then did so in pretty convincing fashion, is is the favorite in the Mountain West West now. Um, I, I think that the offense here, and I think that the wins are impressive enough for me to absorb even a, a loss to Todd Graham, which is the ultimate sin, as we all know. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard for me. Like <clears throat> San Diego State's resume is not particularly impressive, but you know, it's a seven and two team put up against a seven and one team, but the seven and two team has the head to head. I find that I find that a little difficult, but I think maybe. Fresno's overall body of work and the win at UCLA might might help me yep. overcome that, even though they have a worse record. 
I think I might just group them together. I think San Diego State might sneak in. It's on fourth team here. There's two Pac-12 wins, and of course Arizona sucks shit, but Utah's a pretty good team. And being Utah is impressive for a G5 team for me. Yep. Uh, and also that win at Air Force is pretty good, too. Air Force is not quite a juggernaut, but they're, what, 6-2, and two, I believe? Uh, they're, they're yeah, a pretty that's strong a good team. team. Yeah, that's a good, um, good I think team. I think those are two good wins. And, um, better than I think Kentucky's done, uh, my opinion, or, or that SMU is done. Uh, it's kind of a battle between those three teams, my fourth spot. Um, yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah. All right. Barring any final thoughts here from anybody else, I think we can open this up to uh, open this up to voting here. Okay, we have four teams left to pick here. As we have, we have settled on uh, the the next group of four here, starting at 18th. Ole Miss finally finally gets its pick. Is not passed upon three times, uh, sort of just by default here. Setting in at 18th, Fresno State up to 19, Louisiana at 20, and then San Diego State at 21. Left on the board for us here, we have eight more teams: Kentucky, SMU, Penn State, Pitt. Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina, NC State, and Iowa to finish it out. Minnesota was our 30th team, for those of you who who might want to be aware of who our 30th best <laughs> team in college football is. Um, I think for, and it was a tough battle. That was that was pretty heated. It's actually, that's why Allen and yeah, uh, they were not happy. With that. <laughs> yeah, Alan, Alan, and Bill famously big Minnesota guys, and they were they were furious. Um, I think that the easiest way, at least for me to to think about this, is which teams do I really not want to rank right? Because I, I don't know if it is so much about like you know, oh, I think that this team really needs to be twenty fourth, but which teams do I really dislike of this group? And I think that the the top one that comes to mind... We, we all know your answer. <laughs> yeah, the top one that comes to mind for me is Iowa. This team is terrible. This team is not good. They can't score, and they've stopped getting eight turnovers a game. I don't I don't see any reason to, to include these guys in hmm. any sort of serious discussion. Now, here's the thing. Now, here's the thing. Is Iowa good? No. But if we are actually taking the resume seriously... Kent, Iowa State, Kent State, Colorado State, Maryland, and Penn State are all 500 or better. Yeah, those are all football teams that are like actually winning games. Or, I'm sorry, Colorado State is not. Sorry, uh, no. Iowa State, Kent State, Maryland, Penn State, four quality wins for Iowa. Like that is not. I, I don't think I'm going to rank them because the way they play football isn't repulsive to watch, and <laughs> I, I just think they're going to lose like three or four more soon. That's not really fair to them. But it's actually kind of hard not to base that resume. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's that hard. I. I'm not. I'm not going to. Um, because the <laughs> yeah, other side of that. The other side of that resume is that they scored 14 points combined against Purdue and Wisconsin in the last two weeks. Well, hey, when you're going to go to powerhouse programs like that, it's not that easy, Patrick. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. You do uh, it. They also like. Can we like? They lost to Penn State. Like that yeah. was. <laughs> they were going to lose, and then yeah. Sean Clifford had his whatever his mysterious injury was. It's like whatever. I guess you won the game, and you deserve credit for that in the end, but. If we're not supposed yeah, to, he has Savannah syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> if we're not, if we're not supposed to just look at final margin and like actually, you know, watch the entire game and how they played out and like analyze teams, like Iowa's, Iowa's not better than Penn State. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, I will say here also, NC State. Uh, I love them. We all know I love them. We can't rank them. There's no. just no way. No, I'm, I mean, I'm, like the body of work is just not there. Yeah, I am not willing to give them any serious look. I think you could probably make the same case for Pitt too, as we were saying in the last section. What's the good win here? Is it Clemson? Is it a bad Clemson team? I, yeah, I, I, mean, I also don't think I can rank Coastal. I mean, Coastal lost to App State. Yeah, and that's like the only decent team they played this year. Uh, 
and App State's also in this group. I don't see any way Coastal makes my list. We, we're rapidly approaching having five teams that we can't rank. <laughs> yeah, we're just eliminating everybody in the group. <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it's probably in some order. I mean, everyone has their own pick here, but I don't know. Kentucky, SMU, Pitt, and App State, right? Probably some of the four that are most likely to get in. I might put Iowa in because I'm a sick little freak, but um, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> Do we do Who we give a fuck? Do we give do we give Penn State consideration here for its wins over Auburn and and Wisconsin on the road yes, specifically? I, I think I have to because I mean the, I do yeah, yeah the Iowa loss as we have established was a was a win essentially um, the Illinois loss is terrible that is an awful awful loss but they did have an injured quarterback he wasn't fully injured but he was injured enough that it was significant and I don't think losing on the road at Ohio State is is you know, by nine points is anything to be horribly ashamed of. This is, I think they played the best game against Ohio state that anybody outside of Oregon has. Um, this, this to me feels like maybe the last of the group, whereas there's, there's maybe three obvious ones ahead of Penn state, but I think Penn state's probably, probably the easy number four. But can you get, away um, with that? can you get away with ranking Penn state and not ranking Iowa when Iowa, I mean, they did beat them. I do and... actually. I have a statement here from 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 Bill uh, DiFilippo to read on the show because he okay. he said that his computer his computer crapped out and he has something to say uh, to read the following when we get to Penn State and Iowa. Uh, this is his full statement. Fuck Iowa. I don't know if I believe this. <laughs> this is that's a direct that's a direct text from him. So that that is my my statement as well on on Iowa. He is my my official spokesperson, and so I'm uh, you guys are gonna get pissed at me, but I think I'm ranking. Iowa actually first out of this group. Oh. They have more quality wins than anybody else. Good God. Uh, these last two losses are bad, and they're going to fall out of my rankings if they keep doing what they're doing. But I have really bad now, news I mean, for them then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they beat Penn State on the field. Uh, they beat Iowa State, which is a decent enough win, even though I hate Iowa State. Uh, they beat Maryland. They, they took care of Kent State. I don't know. You can beat this like a little bit. I, I think, that they, like, considering the slop we're looking at here, I'm willing to put them ahead of like Kentucky and SMU and App State on my ballot. Shameful, <laughs> shameful, shameful you know, decision. If I'm being if I'm being honest, I'm kind of thinking along similar lines, and not to piss off Patrick, but yeah, man. I mean, just I mean, like you got to look at what they've done. Like, I mean, how do you compare it to a team? Like, like I don't know. Coastal just totally has fucking shit the bed the last couple of weeks. They're out of it for me. Yeah, I want you guys know I want to rank NC State. Everyone listening to this podcast knows I want. Fucking, you know, Tim Beck up there in those rankings. We all want it, but uh, <laughs> I just can't pull the trigger on him. Yeah, it's, Pitt, it's sorry, guys. Shouldn't have lost to Western fucking Michigan. Yeah, that that uh, those those losses are not good. I I think that I, with with Iowa for me, it really does come down to twenty four seven versus Purdue. That's at home. That's a home loss <laughs> by seventeen points to Purdue, and I don't I don't really know what the possible justification for that could be. It's not like they were down a quarterback like, you know, Penn State was against Illinois. And Purdue's not a not a terrible team, but I don't think Purdue's a good team by any means, certainly not on defense, which um, allowed Iowa the to answer seven is just that The answer is just that David Bell is an yeah, eldritch man. witch who has, has, like, some kind of runes to give him a power-up against Iowa in year. I don't know. I mean, plenty of teams haven't had that big of an issue <laughs> against him. And, and Iowa, you know, proclaims to have the best defense in, in, the, in the conference. They don't think. have the runes, dude. Yeah, That's they don't the have, they don't have, have the, the runes. runes. Yeah, you have to have the runes. Um, and then 27 points. You allow 27 points to Wisconsin. I don't even know if this defense is good anymore because I, I 
seemed like it was sort of just forcing you know eighty penal or uh, eighty turnovers a game, and that doesn't seem especially sustainable anymore. I I really don't know. I don't know what I see in this Iowa team recently. The resume is impressive, but I I don't think that if I'm talking about this team as it is currently constructed, I don't know if it's going to win two more games. And I don't know if I would really want that team that I don't know is going to finish eight and four in the playoff at this point ahead of an App State team that probably wins out or other teams that I think would beat Iowa full on. I think App State would beat Iowa. I think Coastal would probably beat Iowa. I think that... I, you know, Pitt, Penn State, uh, SMU, Kentucky, I think every one of those teams would beat Iowa as it is currently constructed. This is not a good team right now. I totally respect that argument, but I also think it's time to give this podcast a mercy killing and just finish up the rankings. <laughs> <laughs> sure. I think it's time to take it to the ballots. Uh, okay. we, you and Landis have actual, an actual game to cover, so yeah. we have to let you go. Yeah, we have jobs to do, I just tell you guys one thing before we vote. Sure. Please do. Uh, I, went, I went to go look up Purdue's schedule to make a joke about how no one else on their rankings had had to play Purdue yet, but, which is wrong because Notre Dame did. But I Googled Purdue's schedule, and the first thing that came up was not the football schedule. It was their academic calendar. <laughs> not a good reflection. <laughs> that should get you removed from the big time. That's right. Uh, all right, let's open it up to the polls here. Ryan, we're back. We have we've finished the vote. Uh, Bill is the only one who has made it th- all the way through. The other two were were <laughs> summarily executed throughout throughout the uh, throughout the show. We would like to thank them for their for their uh, <laughs> their contributions. What's, you this, can... what's this red dot coming through the window? On my chest? <laughs> don't don't worry about it. Uh, we're we're gonna make sure we're... that you get the chance to to plug your podcast, and then we're gonna you know maybe call up yeah, our guy. We actually we didn't we didn't acknowledge ahead of time, but considering we have four Pennsylvania natives in the podcast, it's actually a squid game. And only me and Oh man! Uh, uh, but we we've but, uh, we've come to a final decision here, and Ryan, I cannot bear to announce what you what you two goblins have done here. We have uh, we are going to reap what we've sowed later in the year, I'm sure. But our, our final t- the rest of our twelve twenty five has been rounded out with Iowa at twenty two, Kentucky at twenty three, Southern Methodist University at twenty four, and Appalachian State at twenty five. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the official flipping the field top 25 uh, thank you so much to Bill Diesel, Bill Landis and Alan Sanders for the podcast um, I think it gives us a lot of information kind of looking forward to how the community is going to play out on Tuesday night I- I'm kind of especially interested in that kind of mid-range from like I, I think Bama is going to be fourth but I-, I think like the grouping from like 5 to 12 is so wide open and I can see it going so many different ways that I'm pretty fascinated to see it play out by the committee and uh and I'm sure it'll be very stupid, but I'm looking forward to it. For sure. Bill, go ahead. You've earned it. Plug anything you want to plug. Oh, man. Anything I want to plug? Anything. I guess I'll, I guess I'll plug my own shit. Go uh, go listen uh, to 4 to 6 with A&B. It's the second best Ohio State podcast on the internet. It's behind, behind this one. That's right. <laughs> behind this. Well, I guess it's the third if you want to include the, uh, the Buckeye Sports Bulletin podcast. If you guys are... Very loosely a podcast about Ohio State football. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, and like read the athletic and stuff if you want to. But if you don't, that's cool too. Yeah, let's go. Let's go. Email Ari if you can. Just everyone listen to this. Just send a nice little email to Ari Wasserman. Um, tell him your thoughts about about uh, Dan Mullen. Yeah, uh, that's a Wasserman@athletic.com. <laughs> just go ahead and send an email. Maybe put any pictures you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just go ahead and send an email that way. Yep. Uh, go go ahead and uh, you know subscribe up the field if you're listening to this one time. Uh, tell your friends. Have a committee to listen to us. And uh, as always, go Bucks.